Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. This podcast is also brought to you by AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy-to-use audit, risk, and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. I tell people all the time, if you want to learn something like machine learning, go to a machine learning training, not a CPE type thing, but just a machine learning training from machine learning people. If you want to know something about data visualizations, like we had Kate on last week, go to a data visualization course or take a data visualization training, not necessarily one where you get CPE. So in that same vein, if you want to know data strategy, you listen to today's episode where we have Wouter Trappers, who's the CEO and founder of Zudu, and all he does is data strategy. And data strategy is inevitable in our organizations, in our profession as internal auditors. Maybe you haven't adopted a data strategy yet. If not, it's a pretty good one to listen to. This is definitely going to happen at some point. If you want to be a forward-thinking internal audit leader, you have to have a data strategy. So with that said, here is Wucha Trappers and we are all data strategy today. Here we go. Um, you mentioned Stacy Barr and her KPI like course. And so um, I signed up to do like the 10 free lessons things, but if I didn't sign up and I didn't take it, what what's like, what have you learned from there? Maybe overarching theme or, or that I, someone who doesn't take the course that they could apply. Yeah, from Stacy Barr, what I learned is that you can, uh, you shouldn't be doing KPI definition on the side. It really should be a separate activity where the right people are involved, who know the business uh, and preferably with a couple of different backgrounds or departments where they're coming from so that you're gathering a full picture of what you're actually trying to achieve. Okay. It should not be something you do because you have to, but it really should be a separate activity that has put a, a bit of thought in how you will approach it, a couple of steps to identify the right KPIs, because the KPIs will drive what you measure and what you measure gets managed. So that's why it should be well thought out uh, how you approach this. Separately from your interview, um, is it? I don't know how to pronounce it. Is it Andre? Andreas? Andreas, it's a German name. Andreas. Okay. Andreas. Um, and I know you, you just like showed that you draw data flows on like a piece of paper or a napkin and you're like, hey, this is it. Um, but then you mentioned some tools and I, I couldn't pick up on what it was. It sounded like needle or needle. And Andreas was like, he smiled and like nodded his head. And I was like, I don't know what that is. So I want to learn more about what, what is that? 
the tools that I use after I draw it with pen and paper, uh, where I put it as a kind of collaboration platform. It's called Miro, M-I-R-O. And uh, yeah, that's the collaboration platform that I use. It's kind of like a PowerPoint, but you, with a lot of features to draw diagrams and also some presentation features. Okay. And then you can run your meetings using this collaboration platform and the users can also put some post-its in it and comments and you really can collaborate on the, on the thing. I'm curious about your, and I appreciate the fact that like on your uh, website, you blog about architecture, strategy, and culture. And when you're talking to Andreas, you're like, that's, that's my stuff. That's what I do. Uh, and just to, I appreciate when people can go, I do this. I'll talk about this. I know about this other thing, but I'm not going to like really give an opinion on it because that's not my area of expertise. And I always appreciate that. Um, but I'm curious within the data architecture for like a department, what can a department realistically do to like, does it make sense to look at a department and their data needs and put that in the cloud separate? Um, or does it make sense to go, Hey, within this department, you guys just SQL database is going to be enough for you connect your tool to the database, pull from there um or a data warehouse or something like that is there i know each situation is probably unique but is there overall guidance you would apply to hey for example internal audit we want to establish an analytics program architecturally what would be an approach there if the organization as a whole isn't necessarily in the cloud yeah that's actually a quite difficult question there's several aspects to this question so if you look at data architecture you always have to look first what already exists in the organization so that, that to investigate if you can plug in your use cases to, to what's already there. Mm -hmm. Maybe if the system that you are using to do your day-to-day -day operations is not yet connected to this uh, data model that's already present, then you should investigate, can we plug it in? And if it takes too long, can we already start with our own analytics separate from the uh, overarching data model may not be uh, there may not be a case to plug it into the data model at all or but probably there is and then it will probably take a bit more time and analysis to see how to implement it which are the, the keys you can use to link your cases in internal audits to the existing data model for instance using project numbers to book your hours on I am just thinking uh, what it, what the different keys could be, maybe employee numbers to see who is spending time on what. Um, maybe for the more really specific audit uh, data that you're collecting, that's maybe not so relevant for other uh, departments to have access to because it's too specific. That can be then, that doesn't have to be linked to the overall data model. So then you can have a separate environment or I would say data mart where you link your data uh, dashboards to that are not necessarily exposed to the rest of the organization. So it depends a bit uh, first what is already there, then your specific use cases and just take it pragmatically step one step at a time. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's, and that's a question you definitely have to know more about a, a specific situation to be able to answer. 
Um, but I appreciate it in that you can, you know, I often tell people step number one, leverage what's already there. And I think you uh, spoke to mm -hmm. it similarly, um, whether that's tools or other resources, or they already, you know, it could even be, I've seen where it's like, we want to do this and you look at it and go, the data team already built that. Like you should just leverage what they've already built instead of trying to redo it. So, um, I think that overall guidance you provided is, is helpful there. How would, and this is similar in that it's not, um, there's not really like a blanket answer. It's going to depend on circumstances, but how would a data strategy for a given department? So let's say audit differ from that of an entire organization. Um, and I think we hit on a little bit of it. And so there's probably some common themes between architecture uh, within a given department versus an organization. Um, but what about the, maybe the overall strategy? Yeah, that's also a very good question. Uh, I like the, the, the approach that you take here to ha have a look at the data strategy of the audit department as a separate unit, because probably the overarching data, uh, the overarching strategy, business strategy of your organization might be something very vague, inspirational, but not really actionable. So then, because it has to talk to a lot of different people in a lot of different departments that are not necessarily completely aligned on their on their tasks and on the way they should link their day-to-day -day job to the the overall strategy of the business as an as a whole they hopefully can relate their tasks to the strategy of the business unit at least so that i like the, the fact that you make this distinction uh, so then uh, the, the question is what are the business objectives of your internal audit department to start with? And then, uh, as you mentioned, Stacey Barr earlier, then you have to do the KPI exercise, figure out what you will try to measure, why you are measuring this, why is this important, how does it help you achieve your strat strategic goals as a department, and then link the, yeah, every time uh, a little bit in more detail link the day-to-day tasks to this overarching strategy on a business unit level. Hey everyone, thank you for continuing to listen to the show. We want to say thank you again to our sponsors over at AuditBoard, the leading cloud-based platform transforming how enterprises manage risk. AuditBoard's integrated suite of easy to use audit risk and compliance solutions streamlines internal audit, SOX compliance, risk management, and security compliance. Automate processes and improve execution with AuditBoard's purpose-built solution, which is designed to address the most pressing challenges of today's practitioners. Experience the latest in audit, risk, and compliance technology. Visit AuditBoard.com to schedule your product walkthrough to see AuditBoard's award-winning platform in action today. Let's say, you know, there's so much that goes within a, an overall data strategy, uh, governance, literacy programs, actual execution, architecture, all that stuff. If someone was almost starting from like ground zero, let's say that that you start or there is a, um, a a startup company and they know from like the very jump, from like ideation of this is what we want to do, this is the service we want to provide or the product we want to develop. And they go, we know from the very beginning that we need to be data-driven um, and we don't want to be 10 years down the road and then go, oh, we need a data strategy. And so if you were consulting some uh, a startup on day one that said, we're going to build these products, um, where would you 
what would that strategy look like? Like, how would you prioritize things? Would you go, okay, we got to get the architecture in place. Uh, we got to get a business glossary in place. Uh, and knowing that some of those are going to overlap, but almost like what would be a roadmap for day one moving forward? Yeah. At a startup, I would advise get some revenue first before you start spending your money on data infrastructure. So that's uh, maybe a little bit against my own shop, but it's uh, the data I, the startup should get some momentum going and probably hopefully have some growth that they cannot uh, contain and that they they have uh, they are struggling to to keep on the rails. That, that means that they are doing well and that they will after a while feel the need to have a data strategy in place. I think. Uh, also, you have to make a difference between startups that have data in the core of their of their key business processes, meaning they use data to service their clients. Mm -hmm. That's another, uh, uh, and could be some large marketing agencies or um, startups that really use are very heavily data driven. Really. Uh, building products and services that use the data and monetize the data this way. That's a, another use case that when you have a startup that builds a product that has nothing to do with data in itself, for instance, like they're building some kind of tool to use in construction. Yeah. That's another use case. If you have data in the core of your activities, then of course you need the infrastructure because that's what you do. If you don't, that, that's another story and probably the data comes afterwards. Uh, but still, if you use the data in the core of your processes, you probably need to get some revenue first uh, and then afterwards see how can we now use this data in an analytical way, which is usually a different uses of, a huge usage of the data. So you have the usage of the data to provide the services and build the products on the one hand, and then collecting, transforming, and Using the data in dashboards is another type of use of the data, which comes after. So I would say a startup will only start using the data in an analytical way when they feel the needs, when they feel it's out of control, when they want to have a peace of mind that they uh, take the right decisions because their gut feeling no longer is enough to uh, to know they are going the right way and they're taking the right decisions and they want to underpin this gut feeling with data, that's when they probably feel the need to invest in that type of use of data. And yeah, I hope it will be soon, sooner rather than later, but it's up to the, the founders and the guys running the, the startup to, uh, yeah, to have a feeling when it's time to start with the data strategy. Yeah, and to that point, I was thinking about the division between what percentages go into the three buckets that I just described. So uh, increased revenue, decreased costs or peace of mind. And I think most of it goes to peace of mind. Only to, to know that you can trust your data to take decisions is already the first step usually, just to have some insights in what happened last month and, and last year before you even start analyzing ways of getting more revenue or optimizing your processes. So I think the peace of mind part is actually a large chunk of the use case. What are some, um, what are some common pitfalls that you see when developing a data strategy? First of all, people don't realizing they need it. Hmm. So um, I think 
when you have a lot of engineers together in one room, they just start building. And I appreciate guys who love to build, but I'm more of a thinker myself. And how I like to work is I start building and I soon then I, I realize what am I doing? Let's take a step back. Mm -hmm. And I uh, sometimes feel that people uh, continue too long just building without stay taking the step back. So that would be the first pitfall that I would recognize. Then the second pitfall would be the, to not include senior management, to just run it from the IT department and think you're doing the right things, but actually not being really aligned with the different uh, stakeholders and the different objectives they may have that you're maybe not really aware of in your position in, in IT. So that are two major pitfalls that I would recognize. If I think a little bit longer, I could probably come up with a couple of more, but uh, I think we can keep it at this yeah. for now. I think knowing the, the the big ones to keep an eye out for um, is certainly valuable. It's interesting because I see similar with internal audit departments. We should be auditing based on you know risks in the organization and then the strategy itself. So if the strategy is ABC, we go, look, we're going to go mitigate the risk against that strategy not working by auditing these areas. <laughs> Like that makes a ton of sense to me, but the amount of people that I talk to where it's like, how do you scope your audit plan for the quarter or the month or the year or whatever? And they don't, you know, it's like, well, how does that tie to this company strategy? And they're like, I don't know. <laughs> what are you even doing then? Like, that's the whole point. We should all, everyone in the organization ultimately should support the strategy, even down to the person that's filling out invoices or, you know, whatever, like your role fits within that strategy somewhere. Um, so it's, comforting, I guess, to know someone who strictly does uh, analytic strategy um, kind of is speaking to the same, the same there. Um, for any pet peeves of yours, maybe that we haven't hit on, do you want to share those with us? One of my pet peeves is to make a distinction between the data that lives in the transactional systems and the data that lives in the analytical systems. Okay. Uh, what I mean by that is by going through the processes serving your customers, you're generating data. Data lives in a database, but you can't do anything with it because it's not made to perform analytics. So you have to get it back out, integrate it with other data sources, and usually put it in a data warehouse so that it's ready to be used in data visualization dashboards. So that's one of my, of my pet peeves to make a clear distinction between the data in the transactional systems and the data in the analytical systems. I thought about another of the topics I like to talk to. It's about running the implementation of analytics as a software project, which is it's not. It's actually a change project and usually a quite significant transformation project, influencing a lot of people's lives and day-to-day -day work. So. You have to treat it like that. So keep in mind that you will have, probably have to run change management project around it, communicating about what you're doing, involving people so that the analytics project can land in the organization. And it's not something that's coming from the top that no one trusts to begin with and that people question why they should change their work. So don't treat an analytics project as a software implementation because then it's uh, bound to fail in my opinion. Yeah, that's um, fantastic. We talk about change management. We talk about from the audit side and was a, um, a code push, was it authorized, tested and approved? That's the change management process. So I think it's confusing for some auditors when they hear change management. 
it's not that it's more about culture change right yeah culture change and the realizing how the project will change the the people's jobs so managing that change yeah i guess not the technical term that you are used to yeah. in the jargon right thank you for coming on i know it's been um insightful for me to hear about your experience um, is there anything else that you want to leave the audience with yeah thanks trent for the opportunity to come on this podcast really appreciate it i hope your audience can take away a couple of points uh, doing their internal audit uh, work. Um, people can find me mostly on LinkedIn where I'm quite active on Wouter Trappers. If you just type my name, you'll find me. There's only one, I, I think. <laughs> you can also find me on my website, xudo.be and the resources part, you can find some blog articles about data culture, data strategy and data architecture. Let me know what you think and uh, maybe the link up on LinkedIn and we can chat a bit further. Hey everyone, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Audit Podcast. Whatever platform you're listening on right now, I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere, so please hit the subscribe button there. If you're listening through iTunes or Spotify, feel free to go give us that five-star rating. It only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five-star review, and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show, so we'd really appreciate that. Lastly, be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram, on LinkedIn, and on TikTok. Also, if interested, please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the Audit Podcast. Thank you all. Have a great one.